0: it's cold as hell here it's cold here too 58 here love it 48 here it's fall hello and welcome to table for five with no reservations take a seat at the table for a fresh sweet salty tart and pleasantly bitter conversation
1: thank you for taking a seat at the table this is our no reservations close out of our adult series. We're talking about adults, our kids becoming adults in this community. Tonight I have Rachel Flanagan. Hey everybody. Kim McIsaac. Hi. Jamie Ramos. Hello. Jennifer Dunn. Hi everyone. And I'm Tabitha Cabrera. If you're new to us, hello. If you're coming back, We're glad to have you here. Hey, (laughs) Tonight, we wanted to kind of wrap up our series. We were talking about lots of things, adult services, people who have sent their kids off, other tracks that some of our kids take. So we wanted to kind of start with Kim, who has an adult child, the only one of us so far whose kid has ventured from child to an adult. She has some words of hope for all you people out there. So Kim, talk to us a little bit about Alyssa's growth as an adult, because this is important for people to hear.
2: Up until Alyssa was, I'd say, probably almost close to 18. She had pretty much no sounds. She had some more understanding than she had in the past, but still pretty limited. And she was not completely engaged with us all the time. She would be in her room a lot on her iPad and then she would just come out once in a while. And then when she came out, obviously we would try to engage her, but she didn't really seek out our engagement that much. She kind of was just doing her own thing. And we just kind of let her do her own thing because it was peace and harmony and it was just pretty much easier that way. There was four kids in the house. There was shuffling back and forth to activities um, and she had just kind of reached a point of calmness probably really started around I'd say fourteen. So we kind of just let her be basically. And then around eighteen she started with some approximations like she could say like the H sound for high and the B sound for Ba and I had drilled Mama Mama ma, Mama in that girl's head since she's been two years old. So she sort of could start saying mama. Sometimes it would come out like Ma Ma Pa. But I took it, but she didn't necessarily know that I was mama. She was just saying the sounds Which I was happy with because when you have no sounds, no sounds, and then you get Mm -hmm. any sound, it's everything. So I took it. She can say mama. I don't care if she knows that's me or not. She could say it, but it was inconsistent, you know, because sometimes you would ask her to say it and then she couldn't. And the same thing, kind of like death or her father. So it was just like these little tiny improvements, but were actually like a humongous step at the same time that was around 18 and on 18 she went to the transitional program where they started working on a lot of other things like life skills and going out in the community um she had a teacher who was just just wonderful and just in sync with her the way I am in sync with her like just really just knew her in like really blue. like she would say stuff and I'd be like yeah I don't believe you <laughs> like I just don't I know like you maybe you think she like gets that but that's not happening lady. And she was just so encouraging of her doing things and trying to find things that she really enjoyed. And, you know, I think there's all these pieces to the puzzle that kind of come into play. So that was towards the end of her school. She was in that classroom from 18 to 22. And then when she was 22, she came out of the school system and went to adult services. And right around that time, like it was probably like a couple months before her birthday, randomly, we were like, I mean, I can exactly remember when it first happened and we were My daughters are at dance school. I had Alyssa. I didn't want to have to come back home and then take her out again because she just didn't do well with that. So we went for a walk. Melissa's always just like being outside. And as we were walking, we saw a flower. And I was like, oh, flower. And flower was one of the approximations that she kind of picked up. So she kind of said it in her own way. And then I was like, oh, what's that? Can you say car? And she like sort of repeated it. And I was like, can you say tree? And she like sort of repeated it. And like, even though like this is happening, it doesn't, it's not clicking in your head. Like it doesn't click in my head. Like, oh my God, she's saying this because we always tried to get her to say things and she, it would be like, oh, it sounded like this. Or, oh, it sounded, you know, it sounded like that. So we, you know, go home, whatever. Don't really think much of it. Now, another thing that Alyssa has always struggled with is retaining information. It would be like, she would learn something, but then it would be gone. So we do this again a few days later. This was the time of year, like Neil, my husband wasn't home. It was the spring. He was working after work. So like, I just happened to didn't have anyone who could like be home with her while I was doing the shuffle with the other kids. We go for a walk and I say, Alyssa, what's that? And she says, tree. And I was like, oh my God, she just said tree. I didn't say it first. She said it first. Oh my God. Alyssa, what's that? She said car walking again what's that she said flower which wasn't that that surprising but like still she said it first like she's always been one repeating and I was like oh my god this is unbelievable and I'm like wow this is great and then a couple days later we're driving Lexi to dance and it was her birthday so I'm like oh singing happy birthday to Lexi and Alyssa's in the car well Alyssa chimes in and it's kind of like not completely clear But clear enough. I mean, I almost died because I'm like, I'm trying to. I'm like, get my phone. I'm like, I got to video this. Yeah. Swerves off the road. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Lexi. This is your last birthday. (laughs) (laughs) That's not how it ended, people.
3: That's not how it ended. (laughs) She
2: doesn't. She doesn't. I do not normally recommend this order. No child was harmed during this
4: birthday celebration.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And she picked up the rest of the song, and it was kind of like happy birthday to you. But I was like, oh amazing yeah it was so it was amazing right so she does this and it's great and we're obviously Thunder stealer and And, (laughs) yeah and then another another this is like kind of like a lot of things happened at once so then me and my daughter Lexi were this is gonna sound probably a little strange we were at the table practicing our autographs (laughs) so we're 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 doing our signatures of our name and we're just kind of at the table goofing off and Alyssa came over and she's watching us. And I said, Oh, come here. Do you want to write your name? Which she could write her name. So she wrote her name. Don't ask me why I do this. I have this habit of like, I always ask her things that I know she doesn't know. I always am a firm believer in expectation. Like, you know, if you set the bar down here, you're not going to get that much. So I always set the bar up higher. But like, I don't necessarily expect, really expect, but it's just so random when I do this. So I said, oh, well, Alyssa, can you write dog? Like, just just random. She writes dog. I look at Lexi. I go, can you write cat? She writes cat. Now, I've never seen her write anything ever, ever, except for her name, ever. Did not know this child could even spell. And I'm like, can you write baby? And she writes B-B-Y. I mean, close enough. I go, can you, write, baby. Can, you, can you write mama? M-O-M. I mean, I'm shocked. I almost fell out of my chair. How old was she at this she time? She was, I believe she was 21 at this time. She was 20 or 21. I couldn't believe it. I had no idea that she could do this. No, and I. How do you it, keep from like screaming and flailing and oh kissing God, and flopping? Because it's like, it's like those things that you're, you're, you're like, now my brain is like, oh my God, I'm just trying to think of more words that I can have her write. And then a week later, I go, I'm going to see what she can do if I write the word. So I write dog. And I say, what's this? And she says, I mean, she couldn't say the whole word, but she could say like the D sound. I did cat. A couple of them, like I wrote cow. She couldn't say cow, but she said moo. Moo. So like she was showing me, like she was showing me that she knew the word. And I'm like, what in the, like how? Like, I don't, I had no idea. And I don't know when she developed the skill because I mean, if I didn't ask her for five more years, I probably wouldn't have known. But now I'm in this thing of like, well, she's coming out of the school system she's losing speech therapy she's losing all this stuff you know all these educational services and I'm kind of freaking out about it I mean it was literally every week it was like oh my god she's never done this before and not just with sounds which I mean the sounds were wonderful to never have sounds and to never think you're gonna hear your child's voice like I cannot articulate I cannot express what that means when she's doing this at age almost 22 okay so Yes, I prayed and hoped her whole life that she could speak. Not just for me. In the beginning, it was for me. I wanted my child to speak. I didn't want my child so set apart from everybody else. And I alluded myself at one point into thinking when her behaviors got more under control, like, okay, she's pretty much fine, but she doesn't talk. That's not really true, but that's just kind of what I was perceiving at the time. And if she could just talk, she would be like everybody else. I mean- it couldn't be far from the truth, but these are just kind of the things that, do. <laughs> yeah. yes. When you have a child who doesn't speak, and everybody around them speaks, I mean, they really are set apart, especially mm-hmm. after a certain age. Yep. But then it came to the point where I really want her to speak for herself. I wanted her to be able to communicate, and you know, we worked on different methods of communication. She was not a big fan of any of them. She was really good with the speech device. She got that at age sixteen. And I wonder if that had something to do with this, because when they see it and hear it together, they can learn it in a different way. So our kids are visual learners. So she did this at school, (laughs) but not at home. She would not do it at home. Now she's aging out. She has a speech device that she's used for the past six years. And now the new place won't use it because she won't like, doesn't want them to use it. So she's yelling and they're like, oh, she's yelling. We're going to just leave it in the bag. And it's like, oh, wow, that's not how you um, teach a child with autism to get their way or anything. And, <laughs> like, you know, I kind of was trying to explain to the school, they're like, you know, it's her human rights. She's an adult. She t- it's her choice to use a speech device. And I'm like, you're not taking away her want. You're taking away her ability to communicate. Like, I'm yeah. her mother. I can figure things out for the most part, most, 90% of the time. You don't know her. Right. You're not going to be able to figure out what's wrong. I mean, right. I'm not saying I always can, but most of the time I can. I had to get called to the school three different times because she was so upset and I couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. And it was like so frustrating to me because it's like you people won't even try to do this with her. And that's um,
1: because of their, there's a gap in the transition. So when you're a child, your parent gets input on basically what is happening in your program or school. But when you move to an adult service, like you were saying, there's like rules on.
2: Well, and it's, I still have the input, but there's not a special education teacher there. Requirement. Yeah. There's not a speech. There's a speech therapist who consults with the program who might be in once a month, once every other week, you know, she's not hands-on in with the clients. It's kind of like they meet with the staff, which I don't even think it's the teachers necessarily. I mean, they're not teachers. I just call them teachers. But what the caretakers, they meet with like the case managers and stuff, you know? So it's not the same type of speech that she got in school. So there's nobody who's really like knowledgeable enough, you know, and they have a group of, you know, eight or nine people that have different needs and they can't necessarily take all this focus and energy to try to get her to use a speech device. And now she's like screaming on the floor because she doesn't want to. And they're seeing it as like, they're upsetting her trying to get her to do something she doesn't want to do but like that's just really not really what it is she just right well and i think really when i really thought about it that whole ipad was catered to her school that she went to the yeah. staff was still on there the everything was catered to that other school i swear that she was probably like you guys are stupid i'm not using this because it goes to the other school yeah why would she use something what pictures that are to nothing to do with where she is i mean It really made sense when I really thought about it like a month later. (laughs) So that was kind of frustrating. I'm like, well, what do I do now? So I started working with the speech device with her and just doing things like do flashcards and just doing like simple things. Like she'd go and find stuff and she liked doing it. I think she liked the one-on-one attention that she was getting, but the things that she was doing were like, she's finding stuff. She's, uh, She's knows so much stuff that I don't realize she knows. Yeah, And then on top of that, she starts engaging with us. Like she's, I'm like, oh, she's really coming out of the room all the time. She's really, I mean, she still has a hard time with us because without words, it's really difficult to get interaction. You know, she has her like silly little games that she plays with us and she, you know, she finds ways to do it, but she spends a lot more time in the house with us now. Like when I was just reading this post from Thanksgiving four years ago, and I was like, this is the first year that she sat out and had Thanksgiving with us. And I'm like, what? really because I feel like now she's done this forever but it's really only been for three years that she's done this she sits at the table she peels potatoes she helps like she's just she wants to be with us and she wants to learn things and she didn't have that she didn't have that for a lot of years so I wasn't looking for that anymore because it just you kind of just accept what is all these people are always telling you if they don't do this by age 12, if they don't do this by age 15. And honestly, I didn't think all these things didn't happen by 18 years old. I'm not thinking they're going to happen, but she had such an explosion of learning and the sounds kept coming. I mean, she probably has at least 50, probably more approximations. I mean, she has apraxia, so you can't always understand everything she says. Well, some things she can say clearly, some, some things aren't as clear, but I'll tell you this morning, my daughter did her laundry, but didn't, do the socks. So I had to go and find socks. All this stuff is always kept together. So I had a, she's very specific in what type of socks she likes, so unless it's her father. With her father, she'll wear any type of socks. Don't, that. Don't even ask. Um, so I get her socks and she puts it on and she looks at me and she goes, too small. And I go, it's too small. Now it's tight. It's one of those socks that are tight around the calf. She likes the ones that are a little more loose. And I said, okay. And I went and I got her another sock. Now, it wasn't 100% clear, but I could figure out what she was saying. Years ago, this would have been a meltdown because I wouldn't have known what her problem was. And I'd be like, right. come on, put your other sock on, put your shoes on. We, we got to go. But she was able to communicate that like on her own, unprompted, which is like still a really big deal around here. And she has probably, I'd say 30 words. Uh, she's not always able to use them to communicate because that part is still really difficult for her between the autism and the apraxia. So a lot of times we have to coach her through it but um she's told us things like when she wants something at the table and we're too dumb to figure it out ketchup oh we didn't take off the ketchup you know ranch oh we didn't take off the ranch You. i mean you have to really pay attention to what she says but it's similar to when a young child starts talking you know the mom can understand what they say but like the other yeah. people around don't always understand it some of the I'm, aunties I'm, can some of the aunties yeah can. i'm beginning to like figure out her speech patterns so i'm able to understand a lot more So. I never thought she would speak when she didn't do it by a certain age because that's what I was told. And I was told that she would also never understand. And she does struggle with her comprehension of words. So when I say she doesn't understand, I mean, she doesn't understand verbal words. She understands things. She just uses other ways besides words to figure them out, which really takes a lot more intelligence you ask me because I I, don't know. She's laughed straight up first at some of my jokes before. Well, and I'm not saying she doesn't understand any words. I'm just saying it's something that is a struggle for her still, but they said she would never understand any words. And even when I told them she did understand some words, they basically were like, "No, no, she'll never be able to understand without a visual cue, but she understands so much. Yeah, you know and if she doesn't like the sound of it she'll just tell you no 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 okay. no um <laughs> yeah. but she can say no she can say yes she can say thank you she says na night, just all these things and Very like cheap. I said the words are amazing I mean they're a dream come true they really are I can't even like sometimes like I think about it and I'm like I still can't believe it And then another day is I feel, I forget that she didn't do this. Like yeah three years ago, she didn't do this. Like, so it's, it's just so mind blowing, but she had this explosion of learning right about 22 where every single week she did or learn something new and it didn't stop for like six to eight months. Now I have read and I have had people tell me that sometimes this happens. It's like your last growth spurt in your brain that happens Um, usually around age 18 to 20 and that is part of the reason for it and they see this happen with a lot of children but our kids are lifelong learners so yeah if your child's seven and they're not talking it it doesn't mean that they'll never talk if they're not understanding it doesn't mean that they'll never understand for Alyssa everything takes her a really long time to learn and she needs a lot of repetition but when things happen over and over she starts to understand And when she picks up a skill, she keeps it. So it's like, once she gets it, it stays. So sometimes it just takes a while for that skill to stay. So I don't know. It's kind of like, it's almost mind-blowing to me to really look back and like, remember that, like none of these things were happening. You guys didn't know me five years ago. None of these things with her happened five years ago. You wouldn't hear her come into a room and say, tie, 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 like just pretend play. That's another thing. Never could do pretend, I mean, Okay, she's. Oh not my gosh, Kimmy, field. will you
3: talk about how she can do the Amazon, and how things will come up?
2: Yeah, so those are other things. So she now can, if we go on Amazon, she can pick things out. We'll go through and show me things that she wants. She will also use her tiger. She has a stuffed tiger, and she uses him to communicate. So this is a perfect example yesterday she woke up she had the tiger in her hand she came over to me at the table she picked up a paper towel and she pretended to blow the tiger's nose well guess what Alyssa has a cold i didn't know yet because like i had just seen her for the first time in the morning and i said oh i said is your nose stuffy and then she went and she blew her nose so she was using the tiger to kind of show me what was going on with her and she does that frequently but i mean that is also pretend i mean she'll pat him she'll say oh so cute she'll give him kisses like just something I never thought she'd be able to do I mean they tell you a lot of people with autism don't have pretend play because it's mm-hmm. abstract and she's very difficult with abstract things even with understanding and stuff like that and it's not the biggest deal like I mean okay she's not going to do pretend play I mean it's really really all my priority list of things that I'm worried about but to see her do it to see it develop That's it's just wild and she has this little cover-up that somebody gave to us and she wears it all the time and she she'll come out and show us I mean it's just she prances around in that thing but Kimmy I was gonna say it's like you said like that's progress so
4: who knows what's next for her I know you know and
2: so her progress has definitely slowed down but it's still there she's still learning she's still doing new things it's a little slower now like those that first year I mean every week on my blog it was like, oh, my God, Alyssa, just do this. Oh, I mean, Christmas. Okay, so she always has liked Christmas, but never really could understand it before it was happening. Sure, she liked gifts, and she would open them and be happy about it. I mean, she would participate. I mean, in the yeah. beginning, she didn't do that. I mean, her first four Christmases, she wanted nothing. She would just go away from everybody. Eventually, she decided that she liked gifts. So she was like, okay, cool. I'll partake in this because <laughs> I like presents. <laughs> and but she could never understand like christmas was coming she could never get excited about it because she it was just too abstract she didn't understand the concept and that same year she was you know we were doing it on our ipad and i said who's this and she said santa claus and i said what is he saying and she said ho 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 and i was like what Like okay this is great she asked her father on her speech device because he was procrastinating on getting the lights from the basement christmas tree lights decorate and, you know, then how could he say no? And she was excited. So now she she understands that Christmas is coming. Like she gets it. Uh, she'll sit down and go through a magazine, circle things, go through Amazon. Like she understands when Christmas is coming, gifts are coming. I mean, I don't know what she really understands about Santa, but she knows who he is and what he says. So like, I'll take it. Um, watching movies is another thing. She's never been able to follow along to a movie. It just, without the verbal understanding, it's really difficult. Now she'll watch a Christmas movie. She'll get on the couch with the blanket and she'll she'll laugh when the Grinch does funny things. Like, did you like movies? Sometimes she won't do it all the time, but she never did it before. That same year was the first time she ever played a game. We got her a game for Christmas. And just for the heck of it, I was like, let's just see what she'll do. And it was a memory game. And she sat there, me, her and her sister and we played memory and she did it. And I was like, this is the first time she's ever played a game in her life. Granted, like, maybe she could have done that at school that I don't know of, never with us at home. The next day we're like, let's try Candyland. She played Candyland. I mean, it was just to have your child never play a game in her life. And now at 22, I don't care that it's Candyland. Nope. Mm-hmm. No, it's connection. It's amazing. Our like, kid's a lifelong learners. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: nope. I think. That's kind of a good segue into something else we all wanted to talk about a little bit was like this idea that at 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, that our kids don't need support anymore, (laughs) uh, depending on which state you're in, I guess, when they transition from child to adult, everyone in our community talks about how there's just a drop off of services Basically, I mean, we here now that we live in Montana. There's a waiver you can get on, but it's an eight-year-long wait list. So you basically have to get your child on that wait list when they're ten, if you want to get any type of access to services later. We've already been told to fill out the paperwork for both of our kids so we can start waiting. Start waiting.
3: I love start waiting. That's a new shirt, I think.
1: Start waiting. Start waiting. Start
3: waiting. That's, take a, autism.
1: that's pretty much the theme of our life. Just yeah. jump on the wait list, keep the waiting going on. But how do you, I mean, like when I think about my kids' needs and their trajectory in this life, because they're so young, it's hard for me to imagine what we would need to set up at 18 for either one of them. Currently, my daughter's nonverbal my son can talk, but has functional language sometimes, not other times not. Will he be able to go out on his own? Question mark, we don't know. Same with my daughter. How can you project into the future at 10 or 11 or 12, what your kid's future is going to look like at 18? Because like him saying, there can be this massive amounts of growth in age 21 to 22.
4: Or on the other side of that, you could be a parent that is going to be hopeful that by 12 or 13 or 15, right. you know, everything's going to be great. They'll be fine. yeah. And you've lost those chunk years of being on that waiting list.
1: And I don't know enough about adult services. I mean, I've heard all of the things from people who talk openly about this transition and the guardianship and all the people we've talked to through this series. But like, when I think about my kids moving forward, it's a little bit, not a little bit. It's absolutely terrifying. Like what, if they need more support, what does that look like? What, I mean, hopefully there'll be some changes in the next 15 years, unwilling. 13 years. Maybe we can make some legislative change, people. What we're always saying on
3: this Off podcast. to the ledge, we go. <laughs>
1: yeah. But what do you guys, like when you think about this idea, like, especially thinking about Kim and Alyssa and when she talks about choosing a place from school where she was in this supported program to an adult service in her area like I I can't even imagine doing that like it's overwhelming to me in general but anyone else feel certain ways about this whole thing I know Jen you've kind of talked openly about like thinking about saving and Mm -hmm. you know, the future of that.
4: I mean, I think now I, and I've always said, I've always underestimated my daughter. Like, and I don't mean that in the, I didn't believe in her way, but some of the things I just, I just really never imagined. So when I see her, you know, getting older and gaining this new independence and doing things that I didn't necessarily think maybe she would do, I'm still not confident she could cross the street and not get hit by a car. So where, what does that look like at 18? Right. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. I, I I don't know. It's hard to you know exactly. Yeah.
1: To... Well, and, and Kaya's had extreme growth yes. over the last two years, and just yes. since we've been friends, it's been yeah. mind blowing her amount of independence and growth and language and connection with others. And if you think about that time frame, in the same time frame as Alyssa's growth in her twenties, mm-hmm. like you know, it's not that big of a portion of their life to have which happens with our kids over the span of their life you can go like zero time of growth and then you'll have five months where it's just like explosions of of growth and i think it's a disservice to our kids moving from being a child to an adult to say you no longer need speech you no longer need ot you
4: don't need life skills i don't know this Jamie. I don't have a typical child, but I always say to think about parents like a Jamie that has a neurotypical child and then her her beautiful little Amelie and the different worlds you must feel you're in, kind of like one foot's in, or Kimmy, you as well, one foot's in one world and the other foot's in another world. And I often feel that way with my daughter where in one moment, she'll be watching a very inappropriate movie. And <laughs> in the next second, she's singing Baby Shark and watching Elmo. Yeah. And it's like, ha. Like, I just don't know where that levels out, you know? So yeah. I I don't know. I'm so lost on what I think the future could possibly be for her.
0: I really don't know. And you see some people where they're like, you know, they talk about their adult autistic child and they're like, this is how they were as a child. And it kind of might match where your child is. And you're like, oh, yeah. maybe a child will get to this point. Yes. And then you hear yeah. someone else with a really high needs child and they sound similar to your child. And you are like, oh, maybe... Because like we haven't hit puberty yet, so I don't know how that's going to affect what. And like, well, I'm just going to tell
4: you to buckle up. That's the only advice I'm going to give you. Buckle right on up,
0: Jamie.
1: i going to have oh. two kids in puberty at the same time. You will too, Jamie. It's going to be
4: quite And I
2: say, stock up, Tabitha. Stock up. <laughs> but my daughter calmed a lot at puberty. I mean, things got a lot better. So, so as we know, so did mine. So I, I'm, I'm being facetious, but. Mine has a dinghy, so I don't know. I know. Well, they say they can go different. they can swing
4: one way or the other, from
2: what
1: I hear. I will say, Kim, Alyssa's story, like some of the things that you've said about her growth in general as a young mom. I'm not young, but with young children. Like, well, that's a stretch. Who I'm decided kidding. to have kids <laughs> later in life and then got old and can't keep up with them anymore. But listening to a lot of things that you've said about setting expectations, never selling them short, as far as their skills, there's always room for growth because we hear from professionals and people that we sit across from that you have to hit these markers six years old, got to get that early intervention, you got to get the things going. If they don't hit this marker by this certain time, it's never going to happen. Living walking proof in the Mike, make Isaac home that that's not true. People daughter started talking in her 20s like words actual words in her 20s so
2: hope hope is out there and guess what Rachel she wants her winter blanket is that why you were in the closet I just saw you in the closet with her taking
3: the puffy thing out I was like I think I know what they're doing right yeah. now
2: <laughs> Alyssa has two blankets that she uses one she's literally had since she's been four years old with the Tinkerbell (laughs) blanket oh and here's the thing guys guess what I said I don't know why she's so stuck on this blanket she doesn't even know who Tinkerbell is it's not like you know what I mean she knows and I said that I turn around like the next day I go Alyssa who's this and I pointed to Tinkerbell on her comforter and she goes Tinkerbell I go she does know who Tinkerbell is I (laughs) tinkerbell she's saying it right now mm-hmm. um so she has a tinkerbell blanket and that's kind of like her Sama blanket and then she has this we call it the lead blanket that's big huge comforter that like Neil had got for us and I hated it because it's like you can't it's I swear it's the original lead blanket because it's like at night if you try to kick it off you can't kick it off you, it's like it's so heavy and I was like I don't want this blanket and somehow it just like went to Alyssa I don't remember exactly how it happened so that's her blanket that she uses in the winter but as a lot of our kids do it, like changing see, you know, she has mm-hmm. always, always had a hard time going from the winter jacket to the fall jacket to no jacket. Like all those things are just incredibly hard for her. So what we have to do is we have to hide the lead blanket. We hide it in her closet. She doesn't go into her closet and the Tinkerbell blanket comes out when it starts saw getting her warm. I open that. Because you will suffocate. You will suffocate with that lead blanket in the summer. And then the same thing, when it starts to get cold, we put away the Tinkerbell blanket and we take out the lead blanket and people have tried to buy her other blankets it doesn't happen. She even picked one out and I spent $80 mm-hmm. on it. It didn't make it on in top a room. of a tote in the front of her bed. She did mm-hmm. let me hang the curtains. The curtains stayed, but the blanket did not. She's pointing in her room. Obviously you guys can't see us, but I had to run away for a few minutes to try to figure out what the commotion was. And she's pointing to her wall. And I'm like, what? I don't like, I don't know what you want. Show me. It's not like she was saying blankie, but I'm like, and I'm like, she's pointing to her closet door. So I opened the door and, but it's still like, not really, it's not really, What'd you open? Left
1: the door?
2: Ugh, the door. <laughs> the door. Um, so I opened the door and uh um, Thank you. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm You're like, welcome listeners. You want this blankie Yes. I said, Can we just wait a little longer? Because it's really not it's still like kind of warm here. Like, so I don't know what's happening. I left the room. So I'm very curious to see if she pulls the blanket out on her own.
0: I don't think she will, but she knows it's the first day of fall tomorrow.
2: Yes, mm-hmm. well, and she knows she, she orders a pumpkin spice latte it, tomorrow.
3: Morning.
2: It is the weather is cooler. Um and it's like this is like she gets this, like she knows that now we used to have to hide and smuggle yeah. Tinkerbell and pull the other one out when she wasn't around for this transition to happen. And now and she did the same thing. And the first time she ever did this was this summer. I believe I was on the phone with Rachel, and yes. she wanted the Tinkerbell blanket, and it was like she knew that it was warm and to switch. And I know this sounds like, it sounds such a small thing, but just the connections for her to make,
0: mm-hmm. to for her
2: to understand, for her to be aware, and then for her to execute and then and communicate a it with us. Yeah. There's just so many like things that are, I mean, I know it may seem like such a small thing to some people, um, when, depending on where your child's at, but for her, that is so many things. That small thing is so many things and it's just the door opening That everything she does to me is like that door opening just a little bit further. You know, the door that we thought was closed permanently. This time it was a
3: closet door. Give me that lead blanket. Yeah,
2: exactly. But it's really not. It's really not cold enough yet. It's we have the AC. It's cold in here right now. But (laughs) she's like, it's I'm cold. Yeah. Can you hear? I'm cold. Yeah.
3: One of the things that um, I wanted to touch on before we finish this series is something I learned over the weekend. I was at the, let's see, more than project respite retreat, caregiver respite retreat. And one of the things that they added to the itinerary, like right kind of in the mix was they had a panel of parents of adult children. And there was like our friend, Amy Schleter spoke and several other parents and every single one of them talked about a special needs trust and specifically the letter that goes with that sort of like any part of your will. And, and that I can't remember what the document is called, but. Letter of intent. Yeah. Letter of intent. So it was so crazy to watch these parents discuss this letter of intent and the process of writing it and like getting together with people. And. You know, it was crazy to hear the number of dollars that each of these people's kids was getting through their different benefits and just how little that actually is and what that does. And, you know, sort of this idea of this trust always sounded like something to me that people that have a bunch of commas have for their kid, just so that it it's like, instead of a college fund, you do this. But really it's what buys toothpaste and it's really what, you know, like it's so many things I just it was so powerful to watch these women go from their story of like their children when they were young through school then into adulthood and watch the weight lift off even in their storytelling about the successes of getting over those hurdles you know
1: well and the special needs trust too, protects like a lot of places if you make too much income or your child has money in their own name when they get older they can lose some benefits it like Protects you from losing out on benefits that you should have. Yeah, that yeah. you should have because you have because your parents or family or whoever saved money for you to live on for the rest of your life. So special needs trust kind of protects you.
4: Or you can set up a special needs trust like I did, and then kind of after the fact realize she can't access it till she's sixty five. So stop putting money in it because mm. till sixty five.
1: Yeah. So,
4: it's, there's nothing all that practical, really.
0: I think it's just, and part of that, it's like a thing too, like, as throughout this series and just us getting to talk to different moms who have kids on the spectrum, it is such a thing of like, some people are financially in that place where they can support their kids for the rest of their lives, and some people aren't. And that's a hard reality for us. No matter what your opinion is, people have kids at every Class range. And if you end up with a child on the spectrum, you're going to have to help with theirs because there's nothing for them really. They, and and I I always think that is interesting how we talk about that fall off of like how our kids are kept so busy. We have all these supports for younger children, and then they hit 18, 20, 21, 22, and that drops significantly. And there's like no investment in their future.
1: Yeah. And it's what's available. And
3: you're the one that has to find the right fit. The rights to having that is. Seemingly
0: I was reading I an article about, from an autistic adult. And he was saying they call it falling off the cliff because mm-hmm. you oh. all your potential falls off and in this article, he was talking about even what they would classify as high functioning or kids with autism that are able to graduate college or able to this. I think the rate was, I mean, this is from market watch and this was in 2019. And according to their stats, there will be 500000 adults on the autism spectrum. Aging into adulthood over the next ten years, and a whopping eighty-five percent of those adults that happen to graduate college on the spectrum cannot get a job. So even the kids that are like Getting able to in school, yeah. able to accomplish all these things, they're not even giving the opportunities in life. So like there's issues all throughout the spectrum from high needs to higher functioning. It's everywhere, and it's so sad that we're not letting people meet their potential.
1: I love that line that you said, Jamie, like investing in their potential. Our Mm -hmm. kids deserve to have people investing in their potential. What that looks like for the mainframe of society, they shouldn't be lost in the wind because they don't fit into the mold of what the expectation is for the standard track of where they're headed. Like we know all kinds of autistic adults who contribute to society, who contribute to people's lives who make all of our lives richer and better. So invest in our kids' potential, people. We need it, we need it. Yeah, and
2: it's crazy how they just decide, like it just, everything drops off at a certain age. When, depending on, obviously, if you're higher functioning, it's a, a little different, but like when you are most on the severe side or have profound autism, like you're, like her, she's not 26. Like, yes, that's biologically her age, but there's no part of her that's 26, not cognitively, not emotionally, you know, not in any way. And that's not like an insult to her or a limit on her. It's, it's the facts. So why does it matter when she's 22? Her needs at 20, at 18, at 16, at 14 were the same. It just comes to where- And also at 28
3: and 30 and 32, like moving forward. Yeah
2: what it just decide? it's just what they decide they're going to pay for they're going to pay for up to 22 and that's it and then you have to find an access here i mean i live in massachusetts i live in a state that has lots of laws to protect lots of programs but there's no access to them I like there's no that. you know what i mean there's no yes. you unless you're really in the know or and have a lot of energy i do not i'm just like i i can't deal with phone calls, I can't deal with, I have too much on my plate to like, you know, investigate what services there potentially could be somewhere, but you actually can't access them because like they're out of money or they lost the contract. So now it's this agency. It's just, it's bananas. And they just decide this on an age and it makes, but although I see, I'm seeing a lot of things change to age 25 now, but that just makes me more angry because she's 26. I'm like, is this going to happen for her whole life? Is it going to go up to thirty when she's
0: thirty <laughs> one? Like, like, and in twenty five is still young. Twenty five yes. still a kid to me. So yes. Like, yeah. Like, well, yeah. Like, look
2: at my kids. So Kira's twenty. She's in college. She's a college kid. You know what I mean? Like, she's uh-huh. still a child. It's just crazy. And insurances, you know, they not necessarily saying she even needs ABA, but if that was something we wanted to do or came up that we felt like she would benefit from or something. Well, our insurance only pays for that till age 18. Mm-hmm. Why? You know, and then I, this ABA place, they're taking them older now, but it's till 22. When she was 22, it went up to 18. I'm like, what the hell? What the, I'm going to change her age. I'm going to have her use one of the other kids' birth certificates. Like, <laughs> is- you did not mean that. It's so <laughs> it's infuriating. <not> <laughs> so infuriating. Um, yeah, it's just, and the fact of the matter is, you spend more of your life as an adult. I mean, 18 yes, to yes. 60, 70, 80, whatever age you are here till is, you know, 50 years average. You're a kid for only 18. I mean, yeah. more of your life is spent as an adult and you have less access to medical care. You have less, less access to insurance, to speech therapy, to programming. Like it just makes no sense.
1: I think, too, for the fight of the parents, like, by the time you get to 18, you're experienced at telling people what the f- actual f- hell.
3: Nice, tabs <laughs> Nice.
1: And then you get to a point where there's literally no one to tell that to anymore because right. there's no services provided. Like, you have the skin to say, give me the things that are here, but there's nothing here to give at that mm-hmm. point.
2: I can give you a perfect example. Like we, she sees a neurologist at a children's hospital because she's seen since she's been 14. So she's already aged out, but I just have refused to leave. <laughs> she's on her last leg for sure. So a few years ago, he said, "Yeah, you want to think about maybe finding another neurologist." You know, um, a few years ago, probably she's around 22, 23. And I said, "Oh, and I know for a fact, children's hospital takes people. Like, there's adults that get surgeries there. Like they do take adults for certain things." I said, uh, um, oh, when does that happen? And she said, he said, usually when you leave your pediatrician, like you leave here. And I said, okay, who do we go to next? And he goes, "Um, what do you mean? I go, well, who takes on the special needs adults? Like she's a a special needs child. So she's at Children's. Where does she go when she's a special needs adult? And he's like, "Um," like, I was like, like what hospital takes over? We're in Boston for Christ's sake. What (laughs) hospital takes over adults with disabilities? And he goes, yeah, no, there really isn't there they don't. And I go, well, would exactly. what? Like <laughs> I was like perplexed. Like I I wasn't even like playing dumb. I was like, Well, what do you mean? Like where would she go? Like I go, what just to any old neurologist? And he goes, Well, any neurologist will take her as an adult. I go, Okay, but who takes her as a special needs adult who needs specialized care? Who's not them. gonna just go get her normal EEG if she needs one? Who needs to be sedated in order to get blood work? Like who is dealing with that? And he's like, Yeah, there's really no one. There's oh, really no be one. fun. I'll see I you know. again in six months, you little pit
1: <laughs> Put us a book
2: us on the calendar then. I go, in June. And, like, <laughs> and, I'm like, <laughs> I and I'm like, I go, why? Yeah. He goes, I don't know. Oh, you don't
0: know. Well, can you <laughs> figure it out? <laughs> this is it's really, just such it's a part just, of our culture that yeah adults are autistic that people just like it's literally in everything like you think about like our jobs we go into like our kids schools and we like do presentations on autism and all this stuff yeah. like why isn't that happening more in the workplace so that we could be more understanding of people in our workplace that are on the spectrum I know I've worked with people on the spectrum in the past and I didn't quite understand before my son how they worked And that would have been so nice just to have, like, a thing on, like, how different people function and just in general, like, if you went up to anyone on the street and asked them, like, do do adults have autism, they probably would, I feel like everyone imagines a child. We should
1: each go out to our cities
3: on the street.
0: Just just start start -er. interviewing
3: people. (laughs) Well,
2: in the most... interesting part about this appointment with this neurologist was he goes, you know what? He goes, I'm going to have you talk to a social worker because I said, you know, I noticed they have an autism center here now. They didn't have an autism center. This is where Alyssa was diagnosed. This is where she's gone, Yeah. you know, done different, you know, had an MRI, had an EEG, different things, but really not recently. She hasn't needed anything like that. If this happened to be on world autism day, it was April 2nd, just coincidentally, they were having a big old autism fair downstairs in the lobby. And I told the social worker <laughs> about all the progress. I mean, this she guy- like, grabs this her is... by the ear and drags her downstairs. She so, goes, this guy was like, this is amazing. I want to help you. Like, I want you to go downstairs and talk to this lady, you know, gave me some numbers. So I go downstairs and I go to the table and I'm like, yeah, like I have, this is my daughter. Like, the, you know, she came here, but you guys didn't have the autism center then. And um, she goes, yeah, well, we don't really take adults. And I'm like, well, she's 22. You know, and I said, um, she's doing all this stuff, and I want to, you know, want to see what we can, how we can help her. And she's like, Oh, hey let me let talk to Jeffrey. So Jeffrey comes over, <laughs> and Jeffrey. I'm like, What did yeah, Jeffrey have I'm to like, say? Yeah, this lady was like, I'm not dealing with this, and he was like, Yeah, no, we talk don't, we don't. I go, You don't see, I said, I saw her in your brochure, you see, you see children through adulthood. He goes, yeah, but that's only if they're a patient as a, as a child. I said, well, she is a patient. She was diagnosed here. She goes to a neurologist here. She's a patient of children's. And they go, yeah, that's a different department. And once you haven't been here for whatever many years it was, I don't I know it was like four years, you're aged out. Like you're basically not a patient anymore. Like they don't send you a letter. They don't call you nothing. You're just magically not a patient. And I go, but why can't she come there if you do take adults? And they're like, no, we, we won't accept them after age 16. And I mean, I immediately, my eyes like start filling up with tears. And I'm feeling with rage and like sadness at the same time. Because it's like, I, I can't believe that you're like to my face, to my daughter's face, just saying like, oh, well, no, you're no. sorry. They go, there is um a place called I've the Lord's like, Center. Place who, they told you no. You, who could take adults and you could try to call them. And I'm like, but. My fear is I had my gallbladder out when I was 25. Okay, what happens if Alyssa needs her gallbladder out? I can't take her to the local hospital and be like, can we ultrasound her? Her stomach seems to be hurting. It would never happen. They they just don't have the capability to be able to handle her. Like she's very tricky. She needs something specialized. Children's hospital deals with disabilities. They have the capability to be able to handle the situation, you know, better than the local hospital at least. it's just like they don't. Nobody cares. Like that's just what's so. Like I just couldn't believe it. And I left there and I just. I was just tears were pouring down my face because I just left there with the singers. Like she does not matter because she's twenty two.
0: She no longer matters. She's just discarded. And it's it's really sickening. It makes me sick. Mm-hmm. Do you imagine like having to have reach your potential by twenty two? Yeah.
4: Right. Who has their I stuff mean, let
2: together? Me be sure I didn't
0: have
4: my.
2: Together at 22. No, I was a hell no.
1: Hot mess, people. (laughs) Hot freaking mess, express (laughs) over here at 22. That's really a good view of what systems we navigate for a lifetime, right? I mean, you go one place and they say call Jan down the road, and then Jan says call Jeffrey, and then Jeffrey says no, that doesn't exist. And then you're like, what do you mean that doesn't exist? Jan told me to call you and you're you're not pointing me to the right place. And then freaking Boston, get it together. Your children's hospital. Don't, the Autism Center. Yeah, Autism Centers don't list that you serve adults when you actually don't serve all adults. You only serve adults that were in your program prior to 16, it turns out, unless you've changed that since Which Alyssa
2: was in that program prior to 16th. Yeah, so
1: she would have she would have qualified. But those moments where you're like sitting in front of someone saying, like, what are you actually saying to me right now? Uh that there's nothing, nothing exists in this category doesn't make sense.
2: And and it's like the
0: emoji with the arms, like, you know, like Yeah. Okay. I don't know what to tell you. There needs to be like I mean across the board there needs to be like OT speech therapists doctors that decide they want to specialize in helping adults like I know those people are out there but they're like few and far in between and so it's like few and far between
2: yeah few and far between
0: yeah well it's the money
2: the money is with the kids not every not every person with an adult with autism is seeking these services you know like a lot of people there's people that are you know gone into group homes gone to residential they kind of you know have outgrown that stuff but not everybody not everybody so it's like they go where the money is
0: Well, but I'm just saying like, there just needs to be people that step up in those areas. Like yeah, in our area, it used to be really hard to find a special needs dentist, unless you went to children's hospital. And then the wait list is like forever. And we've had like over the last few years, some dentists pop up who have like done Mm -hmm. training and have been willing. And I know part of it is the money because they know these kids have Medicaid and all that stuff, but they've like taken the time and now they include special needs in their practice, which is amazing. Yes. But it's like. We need like people who are passionate to like take on these adult clients. It's just really sad. It
1: is sad. We dropped the no reservation with lines of hope. You're, so we started out with some hope. Our kids are always learning. And it's not now,
0: people. It's the, it's <laughs> all the it's that, Like We know that our kids have more potential than hitting it all ending at 22. Yes. We need the services to match To that.
1: match. <laughs> to match. Let's get a dollar for dollar going on over here, people. Match it up. <laughs> Match it up. We always have great suggestions for our society as a whole on this podcast. It's one of my favorite I hope things.
2: Listening. Hey I society.
1: Hope hey society. Guess what? Our kids are getting older. We're coming for you, society. <laughs> yeah.
2: Hey, Boston Trump's hospital. I'm calling you out. <laughs> we are calling you out, Millions Boston. of people are going to hear this podcast, so get it together.
1: Get ready, Boston. <laughs> uh, that's the end of our adult series. We learned a lot this series. It was good. Good. Look into the future. Great. Yep.
2: We had amazing people on.
1: Yeah, And we will catch you next time.
3: For another series.
1: I mean, just coming at you <laughs> Monday after Monday uh, after Monday. Our, our big feelings,
0: right? The films? oh no i think we have, so other, we have other episodes in between we think
1: we have so many things we just can't hey get track
0: we can't wait <laughs> stay tuned and see and find <laughs> out as always
2: as oh, no. always
4: thank you for joining us at
0: the table <laughs> bye. thank you bye Bye-bye. thank you for joining us at the table for this episode of the table for five no reservations podcast Join us next Monday for more. And while you wait, make sure to check out our content on Facebook and Instagram. If you are enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe and rate and review us wherever you listen. To contact us, you can email us at tablefor5podcasts at gmail.com. We can't wait to sit with you again. See you next time.